Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name's Michaela. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. So glad that you are here with me today. Today we have Alyssa Crossland with us. She's going to talk to us a little bit about what it was like uh, to become a new yoga teacher in the last couple of years during the pandemic. So Alyssa, how are you this morning? Hi, hello. I am good. I'm just uh, just hanging out. I'm ready to, to chat about yoga, one of my favorite topics, of course. So <laughs> Alyssa, go ahead and tell us a little bit about when you started your training and kind of what that looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started my yoga teacher training. Um, I think it was, it was middle of June, um, of 2020. So right in the beginnings of the pandemic that we are are still currently dealing with. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted something to do. I, I moved home with my parents after my lease was up in California. I had graduated from college without a graduation, really. And um, there wasn't anything really fulfilling that I was doing. Um, and I needed and wanted uh, something to, to scratch that itch of feeling like I was moving towards something positive and having something more positive to focus on. Um, Cause I am an actor. And so, you know, normally in my day-to-day life, I find time to do something acting related. Um, so when I was in college, you know, I had classes where I was acting and that, you know, does give me a lot of fulfillment and excitement. Um, and then of course, once I graduated, I was like, Oh, I'm kind of missing a part of my day that is very important (laughs) and a part of me that is very important. Um, And I have actually always wanted to become a yoga teacher, even in high school. I just have really always kind of turned towards it. Um, And I, I remember kind of in the beginnings of really enjoying yoga, it was for me at the start, it was more of a quote unquote workout focus, not necessarily um, the kind of hmm, more of the like self-regulating thing that I use it as now, the, the kind of, you know, touchpad for my life where I come back, like I'm coming back to it and letting it be whatever I need for my day. But yeah, when I first started, it was very workout based. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. So in high school, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be yoga teacher. And then I looked at how much in-person trainings were when I was a kid. I was like 16 and I was like, oh no, not anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, to kind of loop it back, um, I was just sitting, you know, in my parents' house at my desk that I had grown up using for homework when I was in school. And I was like, I need something to do. And I actually had a friend of mine um, introduce me to Ginger Bennett. And she is the one that kind of turned me towards doing yoga teacher training online through MVP. Um, 
And I was like, oh, like, you know, asking the usual questions that those of us who work at MVP get, like, can you really get a lot out of, you know, doing a online teacher training and stuff like that? And, you know, she obviously was like, of course, of course, like, it's so fulfilling and it's wonderful and you meet great people and create a community. And so I was like, okay, well, you kind of sold me on it. Um, and that's how I started. And it took me quite a while to finish my training. Um, uh, I like kind of started working here and there. I was nannying at the time. So I would kind of pick it up when I would have time throughout the week. And um, yeah, it, it just became a really wonderful way to spend my time while I was, you know, stuck inside, stuck at home. And basically recreating what my day-to-day life looked like, like we all were. Um, But having this wonderful, beautiful, fulfilling thing, training to come back to was really great. And and being able to learn too was something that I really missed um, actually from being in school. I'm not, I'm not super academic, but I do love learning new things. And so it was wonderful to get to kind of get back into reading about things I didn't know about, watching videos. And obviously, you know, Michelle's wonderful at explaining everything that we go into in the teacher trainings. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much how I got started. I finished um, around December of 2020. Um, so it took me a little bit around six months here or there. Um, and I like had a couple of life things come up too. You know how it goes. And so I'm just glad that I, I got to use a time that could have been and was in some ways um, super depressing and kind of, you know, frustrating and agitating and sad. And I got to make a little piece of it a whole lot better. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. So you did the online training, which I've also done the online training. I've gone mm-hmm. through it a couple of times and it is wonderful. It's lovely. I bet mm-hmm. it was awesome to have when we were all so lonely yeah. and like actually quarantining and, you know, mm-hmm. all the, all the things. Um, so that's awesome. So tell us when did you start teaching after you got certified? Yeah. So while I was getting certified, I taught a couple of classes at MVP because we used to do offerings on Saturdays where it was like a karma class. So it was um, free for students to come in and take the class. And usually it was um, a teacher that was in training. And so I taught a couple of those, you know, masks on, which if you have taught in a mask, we all know <laughs> the struggle of that. Obviously, you know, at that time it was needed, which which is fine. But it was <laughs> it was just funny um, teaching my first class there because Ginger actually came. She ended up being my peer mentor, my peer support mentor at that time. Um, she came to my class and she was like, because I had like I had a mask on with a filter in it. I was like, I want everyone to feel safe and protected in this room. <laughs> and then after the fact, she was like, you kind of need to speak up a little bit more. I was like, okay, got got it. I'm noted. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, so I started teaching probably the last couple of months of my training when I was starting to get my hours in. Um, but I really started teaching probably like February or something like that. Um, I started teaching Zoom classes for Yoga Alliance. Um, 
kind of here and there. I was teaching mainly vinyasa. I also taught uh, gentle flow. Um, and then it just kind of picked up really organically from there. Like I was teaching, I think a couple of times a week for Yoga Alliance, I think it was like two or three. And then very slowly started to work in um, teaching more MVP, which is, I love so very much. It's such a wonderful community. Um, and I didn't officially get brought on as one of our um, kind of studio rotation of teachers until uh, September of 2021. Um, and I've been teaching there since then. Um, and it's been it's been interesting to see the way everything has fluctuated with the pandemic um, because obviously the majority of us are wanting to sit, stay safe. We're thinking about other people. Um, we don't want to get sick. We don't want to get anyone else sick. So there's been waves, you know, kind of with the waves that we have seen with COVID of, you know, people coming in or kind of being quiet. Um, and honestly, I enjoy I enjoy having one person in my class. I enjoy having 10 people. Um, it's just, it's, it's a difference of that feel of community. And it's, it's so intimate when you have just one person that you're, you're teaching. Um, Cause then it's kind of like, I'm learning from you while we're flowing through this together. Um, and we're able to talk, we're able to laugh. Um, and then it, and it, it's just like both, you know, both having a lot of people and, and just a couple just offer so many um, pros. <laughs> um, and I, I'm glad I've gotten to see how it works. You know, it's been a good experience to have smaller classes and larger classes because I'm learning what are the things that I need for both? What do I need to be offering here? Um, but yeah, so I've been teaching with MVP since uh, around September. And then I also started teaching for apartment complexes. Oh, well, I guess that was around June. So yeah, so I work for a company that reaches out to apartments and um, offers them free classes, free fitness classes. And I am one of the yoga teachers that works for them. And that is a completely different ball game. It's totally different. <laughs> um, what's fun about those though, is I have uh, pretty regular people at one of the apartment complexes I, I do teach at, which is so, so nice. They come in and they're telling me about their day. And it's just, it's like a, a weekly gathering of, of a group of friends. Um, and it's been lovely getting to bond with them and, and also being able to offer them um, different poses for anything that's coming up. They have, you know, problems with their wrists or tightness in their wrists or um, an injury or something like that. And like checking in with them, how are you feeling? How, how has that been going? Have you been able to do your legs up the wall or whatever it is? Um, but yeah, so I've been teaching for about almost, almost, uh, a year and a half, I guess, overall, which is crazy. That is, it has gone by so quickly. Um, but I have learned, I learned so, so much more, um, kind of 
getting into the actual field. I sound like a doctor getting into the field um, <laughs> and watching how um, I have transformed and how other people get that transformative um, experience with yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you bring up a really good point. Um, I think most new teachers experience low class numbers and know that feel of like mm-hmm. the, the work of getting your numbers up by getting people to come back to your classes. We all know that, that feeling. Yes. Um, but it's been, I'm sure it's been nice for you too, as a new teacher to be in that space, to be able to have that low key, low pressure like ask questions if you want to, or, mm-hmm. you know, I really enjoy one-on-ones personally, but like you said, yeah. I also enjoy the, the, the bigger yeah. classes. They have different yes. benefits. Um, and something I, I feel like I had to learn. Um, I, I had really high expectations for myself as a teacher right off the bat, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and I was expecting even on like zoom classes, like, Oh, I'm going to like invite everyone I know. And, you know, I'm going to have like 10 people on zoom. And, uh, I had to give myself a little bit of, of a, a check in there a couple months in, because I would get kind of discouraged when one person would show up or no one would show up or two people would show up. And I kind of had to be like, what can I learn from this situation? How can I grow? How can I, expand my knowledge of yoga completely you know with everything else that is involved not just the asana um and and I picked I picked up on that pretty quickly because now I really do enjoy just teaching even one person or two people it's not it excuse me it's not like a downgrade you know that's what I that's what I thought in my head I should be teaching 10 people in my classes 20 you know and it's like that's just not the reality a lot of the time and people have lives there's a pandemic people have work um it's just like I'm not showing up to a yoga class a couple times a week either (laughs) so I I kind of had to reflect back on that and remind myself like hey you know you're learning a lot by teaching one person the other person is getting a yoga class it's fine we don't need to have such high expectations in this environment it's not necessary um but yeah it it was it was quite a learning a learning curve too zoom classes are a whole nother beast Uh uh-huh um yeah and I feel like I feel like zoom classes are split like some students they're like I can't practice at home I don't have the commitment or I don't have the I just can't And then other people are like, yeah, I could never go back to a studio again. I'll just practice at home or online Mm -hmm. forever. And so it's really interesting to see how people have transitioned from, because there was a time when that's all we were doing was teaching on Zoom. Right. Or outside, which in Texas, it's really dang hot. And so a lot of people were doing it from home. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so you were teaching on Zoom right after you got certified. Uh, yeah, yeah, a certification. Little, um, it was a little bit. Well, I feel like the last. I mean, tell me how many times you've heard this. I feel like the last three years have really flown by. But honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think back and I'm like, everything kind of you know morphs together. Um, 
I think that I, I think that I was teaching a little bit after I got certified. Um, that was when I started doing yoga Alliance and that was still, you know, when, when COVID was, was really bad. And, um, I used it as an opportunity to get in touch with like family members I hadn't talked to in a long time. When I moved from California, most of my friends were still in California. So I, you know, used it with that as well. I was like, hey guys, like I have this offering of vinyasa yoga if you want to join. And and um, honestly, like it actually worked out pretty well because I would get, I, I even was teaching outside of Yoga Alliance too. I was just like kind of doing my own offerings by email. Um, and I had like a couple ants I hadn't seen in like five or six years get to join, which is so, so nice. Um, and like my parents would do it in the other room of our house. <laughs> um, and they like had, <laughs> I have to like tell them to turn their mute on. Cause I could like hear that, you know, um, <laughs> but and yeah. And I got to see like some of my friends from California came on and, and got to enjoy some yoga. Um, and that was very validating because it was, it's one thing I see, I see this even about acting too. It's one thing to have um, anyone tell you that, oh, I really, really loved that. I really loved how you did this or that or whatever. I had, I had some family members that I knew could have offered, you know, constructive criticism and sometimes they would, but a lot of the time they were very, very kind and, you know, it, it was, it was validating coming out of just becoming a teacher, kind of needing that because you don't know, especially when you're not getting to teach people in person, you don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm doing this well. I don't know if my cueing is okay. <laughs> I can't really see anyone, you know, um, and that, and, and that really helped the imposter syndrome quite a bit. I still have it. <laughs> But it did help um, just to be like, hey, listen to what people are, are telling you rather than whatever stories you're coming up with your head. Um, and you've said this to me before. It's just yoga. It's just yoga. Um, I come back to that a lot. But, but that was fun. It was fun to teach on Zoom. It was, it was a learning experience for sure. And, and understanding how much setup comes in with that. And, and having to let go of control too having to let go of control sounds are happening people are being interrupted people are leaving people are coming back in you know you just have to I'm gonna I'm gonna teach this class people are gonna do it or not but yeah that was I I would love to teach on on zoom again sometime um but I do I do love teaching in person too yeah that's a good point um because I started teaching obviously before the pandemic. And so Zoom wasn't really a thing. We weren't doing yoga on Zoom. YouTube videos were a thing, but yeah, yeah. it wasn't as common to like live stream connect for yoga. Um, so I started in person and I took over someone else's class and students have so many attachments. They have so many attachments. Yeah. Yeah. And so the transition of teacher was too much. Um, but yes, so that's a very interesting experience for you to have that opportunity to one, connect with people who you wouldn't be able to connect with, mm -hmm. but people who love you 
and who are giving you kindness. Yes. Instead of anything else. Anything too harsh. And well, and it was almost like I kind of wanted, you know, I was like, no, give me some, give me something. (laughs) Because it's nice when you are working in a studio and your friend, your friends within the studio come take your classes and they do offer you that constructive criticism and and it's helpful. It's, it's nice to know you don't know how you're coming off sometimes. Um, I try my best to be trauma informed and, and, you know, use the right language and be comforting and adaptive, but sometimes I slip up. So, you know, having, having you or like having had Ginger or Kyler or someone else be like, Hey, um, maybe with this, you could try this instead. And that's such a learning experience. So I was kind of craving it in that way. but, you know, having just started out, I, I did really, really appreciate having kind compliments and uh, just, you know, words of congratulation too, which was funny. I wasn't really expecting that. Like some of my aunts were just so excited <laughs> that I was teaching and it was just so sweet. Um, same with my parents too. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was very, it was very fun and, and interesting for sure. So if that's a benefit of getting your training during this time and it being online, what do you feel like were, was one or maybe a couple things that were kind of struggles for you to get through? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I did, I did like the zoom classes but I am very much a people person and if you let me I will talk your ear off um so I did miss connecting in person and we all did um so I was really I was kind of chomping at the bit to start teaching in person um and like I said before the the numbers thing was a little bit of a struggle um understanding If I teach to one person, I still taught yoga. I'm bringing yoga to someone. Um, What were other struggles? I, I, I think not teaching in person was, was pretty hard and having like those moments of super social interaction through zoom. And then the rest of my day was pretty quiet. And that was kind of hard to adjust to was like, oh, this is such an exciting time. I'm really, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous to teach this class. I have all this energy flowing. And then it was like, after that radio silence, you know, I would like hang out with my parents a little bit, but that was really it. Um, it was really hard to learn how to cue properly too. Cause I, a lot of the time people, you know, don't have their sound on and they don't have their video on, on zoom, which I totally understand. I, I don't, you know, I don't think I even really used my video a lot of the time when I did classes on Zoom. So I totally fully understand that. But um, learning how to look at other people and read their bodies has been a little bit of a struggle. Even now for me is very hard. And sometimes I go back into the headspace of I'm demoing, excuse me, the whole time. You know, I still do that to this day. I still demo the whole time and then I have to and I'm still checking in I'm still looking right I'm still queuing off of what's happening in the room but that was it still is a little bit of a struggle is looking around and being able to 
um, not I, I can I can do a pretty decent job of recognizing what cues I could offer, but remembering to do that, remembering to check in and um, kind of continue the you know the the offerings are based on what's happening in the room, not what you've previously created within your <laughs> sequence in your mind or that you've written. Um, but yeah, that was definitely really hard. I was just kind of um, kind of pulling things out of the air a little bit at the beginning. I was, oh, oh, I remember I heard someone say that, or I remember I wrote this down somewhere. I should use this one. Um, that was pretty tricky. And then this is, it was, uh, it was a lot for me to sequence at first too, because I, I like to memorize things and all of that jazz, right? So I was using to me, I was creating my sequences. I would listen to this. This is funny. I would print them out. I would just print out the pictures, right? I would tape them on the wall of my bedroom, but no one on Zoom could see it. So if I needed to check in, I could look up at my little, <laughs> I could look up at my picture and remember, oh, now we're going into Trikonasana or, you know, whatever. Um, but that was, that was tricky. First, first learning how to sequence was hard and queuing. Um, but now it, I remember, I think I had a conversation with Ginger where I was like, how do you just remember? Like, how do you remember everything that's going on? And it's, it's kind of crazy how quickly I realized you also don't always have to come in with like a pre-written sequence in your head or written you can, you start to get into this um, ability to read people when they come into the studio. Oh, it's kind of like a tired energy today. Maybe we do more of a slow flow. And I ask them anything that we want to, you know, explore in our practice today. And then throw in, you know, hip or heart openers or whatever. Um, but that was kind of interesting was that shift because it really was a struggle for me to know if the things that I was offering were comfortable in people's bodies, I couldn't read on the screen if, you know, people were struggling, if they were uncomfortable in pain, any of that. So, and also, you know, the whole other thing of, we just talked about adaptive yoga of 300. So that's another thing too, was I didn't really know a lot about adaptive yoga when I started, other than what I did in my 200. But I have, you know, that's something that I have, definitely grown in so much so that was a struggle as well especially you know just teaching the people that have different a different body than me different experience um different comfort levels with certain poses you know it's just you you never know what people are walking into class with even just in terms of injuries or you know anything like that um so that was another thing too was was being able to create offerings that I feel like could support everyone I was teaching. Um, but now that I'm in person, it's being able to kind of just flow in a way and using what people are, you know, asking for and their energies um, within a class has gotten a lot easier and also being able to, and then maybe we grab our blocks here, you know, that, that has been so, so nice. Cause sometimes I, I take it personally when someone looks super uncomfortable or in pain. It's not about me. 
it's not about me at all. This is the offering of the pose that I have. I've given them variations, you know? And so I have to remember like, oh, like maybe they do want to use the blocks. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't want to do the variations either. They're in their own practice. This is just what I'm offering. Um, but yeah, there's been, there's been a couple of things that have made it um, more of like a steep incline of learning than like, you know, like a little hill of slowly and gradually figuring things out. It's been, it's been a little trickier, but I am still, I'm still working on knowing when to get up and walk around the room. I will say I'm guilty of that. Um, but yeah, those are, those are probably the main things that I'm still kind of tweaking around a little bit in my, in my, uh, more experienced little bit <laughs> teacher, teacher-esque-ness. <laughs> I mean, I think that queuing, queuing two students is hard for a lot of people. Um, but you're right. I, I remember in my training, just being able to look at each other and cue each other and get that practice. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I can imagine how that was a struggle for with an online training. Um, but with everything, most of the things in teacher training, they come with time. And I think that that's mm -hmm. hard to, to remember when you're in training or when you're a new teacher, especially because yeah. a lot of us come to it with I, me, my, right? But we don't really yeah. understand that it's not about us until we get all the way through the training. And mm -hmm. some people, if they don't go to MVP, they don't even get that. So we were yeah. fortunate and we were here and we got that. Um, but it can be hard. And you can take that as people, you can take people's choices and people's experience in your class as a reflection of you and your offering when you're in that space. Oh, when yeah. it's not about... It's not about you because I know those students that look uncomfortable or like scowling and like, yeah. oh, they're not having a good time. They're not having a good time. Mm -hmm. But then after class, they come out and they're like, oh, that was great. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just like, mm -hmm. don't assume anything. Just hold the space and just be here. And it's all okay. Yeah. All okay. Yeah. I, I won't say specifically who this person is, but if they listen to this, they'll know. Um, it's a family member of mine. Uh, they are, um, they would like to do exactly what I'm doing. If I'm teaching, they're not going to use the blocks. If they're uncomfortable, they're going to be uncomfortable. I mean, they might not be, but afterwards, sometimes they're like, oh, that was really hard. That really hurt. And I'm like, we don't, <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want, we don't want to be hurting. That's not the goal. Um, so that was, that was interesting. That was, still is something that I am also learning is people are going to do what they would like to do they they don't they don't want you to come over and you know so, well some people do they don't want you to come over and like I don't want to say baby that's not the right word but kind of you know um I don't know. It just, just give them more offerings one-on-one. -on -one. Some people really don't want that. I'm, the person I'm thinking of specifically is what I mean. They just want to look at you and do what you do. And that's fine. It's, it's other people, it's their practice. And that is, that is a, that is a lesson for sure. And you said something earlier that's very similar to that. Um, you said that you came to yoga for the asana. I think 
most of yeah. us, at least in the West, come to yoga for awesome. Yes. Because that's what it's been um, kind of boiled down to on the yeah. surface. Um, so, and, and, but again, like you said, there's no judgment, especially with that student right. who doesn't right. want to do what you do or what you yeah. say, what you offer. They want to do what yes. you're doing. Yes. Compassion there, because that's mm-hmm. why I tell people, new teachers, you'll never hurt your students. They will hurt themselves by doing things that don't feel good. Right. And right. so just, just do your best. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. I was, you know, I was actually thinking about that um, when I was getting ready to hop on Zoom today. I was thinking about that. It's like, um, I, yeah, it is such a, it's such a Western way. I feel like not to generalize, but I feel like normally when I talk to people um, that are teachers, you know, that got their training here and started in America, it's usually like, oh, like I started doing yoga after I would work out or I, you know, started doing uh, yoga somewhere that was like a workout yoga kind, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. You're still doing yoga. Um, but I do, I do kind of wonder what it would have looked like for me to have gotten more into the pranayama, the, you know, ev- everything, all of the other parts of yoga that now we know as teachers are just as valid, just as important as the asana. Um, and I just wonder what it would have looked like. I have, um, I have quite a few students at one of the apartment complexes that I teach at and they are from India. They have, a lot of them have moved recently moved to Austin from India. And I talked to them about, you know, what their yoga practice looks like. And it's interesting. They talk, a a couple of them are uh, just a couple years older than me. And they're talking about how they would do Nadi Shodhana in school. And I was like, what? I would have loved to have a tool like that when I was in high school and I was in college. Like that would have been so nice to have. Yeah. So, you know, they, they take their time at the end of class and some of them will stay there. And if I don't include it in the practice, they will do their breath work. And it's just like, it's incredible to learn about the way other people have found their way to yoga and it's just so different. And it's, I, I wish I would have, you know, gotten a little, a little bit more of everything else when I started doing asana as well, but I am glad I have it now too, you know? Um, but I just, the breath work is something that I, oh, I just love it so much. I still even need to work on it now. Um, but I, as someone with anxiety it's so helpful Nadi Shodna um I do like box breathing um you know and how many other kinds are there I do um Kabbalah Bhati in the morning to get some energy moving and yeah I it's it is interesting how how a lot of people I know here that have gotten not everyone but quite a few that I know that are teachers were like yeah I started doing it when I would work out and whatever but yeah, I, I'm glad I have, I have dabbled <laughs> all other areas of it and still continue to work with my relationship with the rest of it. You know, I've had that similar feelings, um, especially now that I have friends who have children and mm. they're yogis, they're, they're 
Oh yeah. And their children are too, I guess, but my friends are yogis and they have children and, you know, they do practice those things at least around their children. So they'll yeah. have an example. Um, and I'm often feeling a bit like, like FOMO, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. what would it have been like if my parents practiced yoga and mm-hmm. I got, had an example of, yeah, it's okay for me to sit down on the floor and just close my eyes and breathe for a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as a kid. Yeah. Like even just a round of Ujjayi breath, yes. just a loud exhale before you yes. respond to people, before you hit your friend on the playground, <laughs> before you <laughs> push someone off, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's so nice. And to learn that in school, how cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I think that it's changing now. I think that it's changing yeah. now. And yeah. what we're doing at MVP is creating change. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We are showing people that there's so much more and that by paying attention to the other pieces, we're actually moving towards appreciation instead of appropriation. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 100%. Yes. So tell me, what was your biggest takeaway from training? you're for yourself for your personal practice yeah yeah. like I always tell people I had a little mini existential crisis so what was your (laughs) what was your biggest takeaway from your training it doesn't have to be positive oh that's a good one I I've been thinking I've been thinking about this one a little bit and I can't narrow it down to one answer but I'm gonna try I think I think the biggest takeaway, you know, I'll do two. I'll do two little ones. Um, One of them for my personal practice is that I have learned to allow myself to take up space in whatever way I would like to in that day and that time. And what I mean by that is I sometimes feel a pressure to make myself smaller or to use yoga well I should say it's it's lessening now but but to use yoga to kind of express myself in that way of of taking up space of of stretching out of you know comparing myself of looking to others making myself you know um look a certain way or just seem a certain way. And it has allowed me to have some self-forgiveness, some compassion, and understand if I want to lay on my mat for 10 minutes and that's my practice today, that's my practice today. I do not need to do 20 sun salutations and stay in down dog for 10 minutes I don't need to do that um if I want to do that the next day sure that's my practice um but learning I don't need to have this super high energy you know vinyasa power flow every day of my life I am allowed to take myself as I am provide myself with any kind of anything any 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 stimulation, any relaxation that I need in that moment. And 
that is a lesson that has gone into every other aspect of my life. Um, and allowing myself to take up space or to be quiet and sit on my mat. Allowing myself to meet myself where I am and find that compassion within myself. And, and learning, cheesy <laughs> as it is, learning that with everything else, I have things or people that I can lean on. And that came a lot from learning the use of props in yoga, learning more about that. I don't have to tough face my life out. I don't have to just strap on my boots and, you know, I can take it easy sometimes. And I need to, your body needs to, you don't need to rush around and stress yourself out all the time. Um, that's, that's one of the biggest lessons. The other one was, I have always had uh, a heart, a, a passion to help people in any way that I can. And I think when I was a kid, it was small and kind of cheesy and, you know, but it's kind of evolved. Um, and I feel so honored to be able to be a yoga teacher and to give people this offering and also allowing them to come into the room and know that there's not any expectations. They do not need to do everything that I do. They, I, I even say this in classes. I'm like, if you want to lay on your mat the whole time, be my guest. I would be happy for you to do that. If that's what you need today, by all means, get, get a blanket, get a bolster, make yourself comfortable. I will hold that space for you. Um, and having that outlet to finally feel like I can provide people with some rest or with, you know, a flow with whatever they need that day, that has been life-changing, honestly, because I've just been craving that. And also, like we talked about before, understanding that I can have all of these wonderful, beautiful intentions, right? And people can still come in and decide, I don't want to do that pose or whatever. And that's a part of the lesson as well is, well, that's fine. You're a person with a completely different experience than me. If you don't want to do your pyramid pose, don't skip it. And that's another thing, you know, that has bled into every other part of my life as well, is creating that understanding. I could still tune into that a little bit when I'm driving. I'll be honest, I have some road rage, but, <laughs> but that understanding that, that knowing we are like we always say, we're all having our own human experience, right? Our, our little divine being selves are just here. Um, but yeah, I would say those are, there's some of the biggest takeaways I have. I have gotten from my training and it's still ongoing. I'm learning every day. This relaxation workshop that's happening today is a great example. I'm still learning. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been, it's been, it's been, one of the best gifts I've ever received. And I'm not going to cry, but I might tear up. It's fine. <laughs> if those of you listening, if you don't know me, I'm an emotional person, but, um, but yeah, so it, it really has been just such a gift 
And I'm so glad to continue training too and, and continue learning on the day to day and developing my own practice, developing my teaching, um, and being a vessel for others. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful way to end the episode. Awesome. <laughs> yes, because we're all just divine beings having human experience, mm-hmm. doing the best we can. Best we can. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for sharing. Do you have any final thoughts, feelings, or blinding flashes of insight that you would like to share before we part ways? Oh, gosh. Um, it's okay. Well, no. thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. I would just say, um, you know, use this as your reminder, those of you listening, to to allow yourself to meet yourself where you are in your practice and in life. I'm still continuing to have to remind myself of that. And I think that's fine. But knowing if you want to lay on your mat today, lay on your mat. If you want to skip your practice, do it. Go take a walk. But that would be that would be my my parting word of wisdom is meeting yourself where you are. Beautiful. Thank you so much again for sharing and for being here. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Bye.